Welcome to 90% Mental. I'm your host, Grant Parr, and thank you for joining us for our 55th episode. As a mental performance coach, I have the honor to work with athletes to enhance their mental game and give them the tools to unlock their full potential. The reason why I created 90% Mental is to bring awareness around mental performance within sport by interviewing athletes and coaches so they can share their stories and perspectives on the mental game. So today I have an incredible interview, one of my favorites, and I had the honor to be invited to go to this athlete's home to record this interview and really get inside their mind. So today I have Ryan Murphy, three-time gold medalist, to talk about his competitive mindset and what fuels his motivation to be a true competitor. The makeup of this elite athlete is based on honoring the process, staying humble, having confidence in his preparation, embracing pressure, pushing himself to the limits, and crushing his goals. Ryan loves to break records and win medals, but that's not everything to him. And what you're going to learn in this interview is the other side, the mental side of this incredible athlete. So I can't wait to share this interview and really share with you what Ryan Murphy is all about. So without further ado, let's go talk to Ryan. Hey, Ryan, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Hey, Mel, thanks for having me, man. Uh, honored to be in your home and having this time with you, and I can't wait to talk about your Olympic mindset and just understand how you go about being an, an elite athlete. So really excited to talk to you today. Thank you. Me as well. I mean, this is a topic that, that I'm super passionate about. I've given a lot of thought to, um, so I'm excited to, to share some of my insights. Beautiful. Can't wait. Can't wait. Now, uh, as we've talked before in the past, you know, mental, being mentally tough is, is uh, important to me. So mm-hmm. when you think about being mentally tough, what does that mean to you? So when I think about being mentally tough, I mean, I think it's being able to p- perform at your peak no matter what's going on around you. So no matter what the distractions, no matter what the pressure is, that's what I think of as being mentally tough. And when you look at your career, was there a race or particular time where you had to be mentally tough? I mean, most races in my career, I've had to be mentally tough. Um, I didn't always appreciate it, um, what, what it really meant. And I think the first time I did appreciate that was, was probably in 2015. Um, we'll, we'll probably get into the story a little bit later, but, mm. but 2015 is a time when I wasn't mentally tough. And, and I really had to look at myself in the mirror, figure out why it was that I, that I wasn't mentally tough in, in a certain situation. If you don't mind me asking, like, what was it? What, what was the shift or the click of going, wow, you know, I wasn't mentally tough and the shift of being mentally tough, what was it? Totally, yeah, so I'll, I'll get into the story. It was, uh, it was 2015 World Championships. Mm-hmm. So we were, we were in Kazan, Russia, and you know, the, the meet had started. The coaches decided they were gonna put me on the, on the mixed medley relay in the morning. Um, so I, I was leading off, I was the backstroker. So got behind the box, approached my race, went off and swam. Got a best time but over a second. It, it was a hell of a swim for me. Mm. Um, I was two tenths off the world record, which I was not expecting at all. You know, I was trying to be about like a 52.5, and I went a 52.1 at that meet. So, I mean, it was a, it was a completely, you know, I was completely a completely unexpected swim, and I feel like I kind of freaked out after that. You know, like I, I thought that my 200 would then be be an insane swim and. Then you start thinking about like what are what are the consequences of that performance? You know, like 
if I, if I crush that race, I crush the 200, you know, who knows? Like maybe Olympic sponsors come knocking at the door. Mm. You know, like all these random thoughts going through my mind that, you know, they, they weren't necessary to, to be there. You know, my, my focus of that meet should be on the performance. So, so I went through the rest of my meet. My 200 just didn't go the way I wanted. I, I dropped about, I think I dropped about like half a second from the summer before. But, but given how my 100 was, you know, I was expecting a lot more. And then, you know, the coaches decided to put me on the, the 400 medley relay. And, you know, I, I really wanted to get the world record. So, so I went into that race and I put a lot of pressure on myself and I ended up going a, like 0.9 slower than I did on that, on that first relay. So, and that was just a time where it's like, you know, my body was in, was in great shape, but mentally I just, I didn't put it together after that first swim. Got it. Well, I think it's, I think it's important and thank you for sharing it because there's a lot of, there's a lot of distractions, whether if it is, you know, sponsors or scholarships or TV time, whatever it is, right? And so how do we as athletes refocus ourselves on the right things, right? Totally, totally. I mean, it's 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 a challenge that, that continues to evolve. You know, as, as you start off your sport, you know, there's, there's really no, there's no outside pressure. And as you continue to progress, as you continue to perform, there's just gonna be more and more noise. And, and how, how do you knock that out? Like, how do you block it out and, you know, get back to the thing that you're really good at, which is racing. Yeah. Um, so I, it is, it's a huge challenge. And um, you know, like I said, it, it continues, the, the noise continues to, to get louder. It yeah. is, it's the way I think of it. For sure, for sure. Yeah, the bigger you get and, and the more races you win, you know, your stage gets a little bit bigger, right? Totally, and, and you're gonna continue to qualify for bigger and bigger meets. Yeah. So, so for me, it was in 2014, I qualified for, for Pan Pax, 2015 Worlds, 2016 Olympics. So each, each year was like a little step up. And so how do you continue to improve when, when, the, when the consequences, when the pressure keeps on building? Yeah. Well, it's interesting because we'll, we'll go to your, your, your impressive college career at UC Berkeley. <clears throat> you know, you were eight-time... NCAA national champ in the 100 and 200 back and from your freshman year all up to your senior year every year you dominated both those events mm -hmm. so I can only imagine your confidence was growing from from each year share with me a little bit how you about your confidence and and kind of what grew your confidence from year to year totally so so when I came in as a as a freshman you know, I was I was good in high school you know I came in and I actually think my time from my senior year of high school would have won at NCAAs that year. So, so I came in and that was my expectation for myself was to win the 200 back. Coming into a place like Cal, I just knew the, the amount of success that the coaches had had. And I see, I'd seen the progression of other guys that had been there. So in my freshman year, my confidence really came from just being in the Cal program, knowing that I was doing everything the coaches told me to do doing all the things that, that all these other people had done and had so much success with. Mm -hmm. So that's where it really came from my freshman year. As I got into my sophomore year, it became more of an internal confidence. You know, I really started to believe in myself. My expectation that year was, all right, we're gonna win the 100, we're gonna win the 200. And I was really starting to shoot for, for American records at that point. So I was, I was shooting for really lofty goal times. Mm -hmm. um, as I moved into junior year, 
that was the Olympic year. I was just totally dialed on everything. So, you know, I feel like that was, that's where my confidence came from that year. I was like, all right, I really had my nutrition on point, had my diet, had my diet and nutrition on point, <laughs> had, had my sleep on point, recovery on point. And so I just knew I was doing everything right. Right. And then in that senior year, it's like, all right, I've done this three times. Like, I, I could do it again. That's beautiful. Awesome. You know, when you think about breaking records, getting first place, meddling, all these things, right? These outcome goals, mm -hmm. right? And then versus the process. How much do you follow or trust the process or honor the process versus wanting to break that record, wanting to gold or a medal? I think that's a really good question. And I think that's where most of my growth has come as I've gotten older. You know, before it would be like, you're always told to write down goal times and your goal times are outcome focused. And, and you know, like you, you get so locked into that goal time. And, you know, you hear about people, they're like, oh, I threw my goal time on my locker. I threw it on my water bottle. And you, you just get so focused on the time mm -hmm. and you, you forget how to get there. So, so I would really like to work from right to left, you know? So it's like, if I want to be, if I want to be at X, you know, what do I need to do a month out? What do I need to be two months out, three months out, four months out? And you know, like, what does that look like in terms of nutrition, in terms of sleep, um, recovery in general, you know, and, and really look at it from that perspective. Um, so, so that's how I, I mean, that's how I set goals now. Yeah. Um, you know, I, have a general idea of where I want to be, but I know what it takes to get there. So, you know, really just, just having checkpoints along the way is, is what I look at. And so I, I get super into the process now, Beautiful. you know, like I, I know exactly it's what 21 months away from 2020. And so it's like, I know, I know where I want to be next summer. I know where I want to be two months after the championship meet in 2019, you know, and just like, I have a plan in my head already of of how I'm gonna get there got it and I love it because it's it's not just about like you said the outcome goal I love that you design a plan mm -hmm. and then you execute it and I always say this too it's not about the scoreboard it, it, it's about the process and the process produces results totally. so the more that you're focused on the process you'll get you'll get you know the records you'll get you'll be sitting on that podium right so totally. that's awesome totally. I, mean, I think that comes from in my program that comes from the top down you know there's just the way that that we approach things throughout the season at cal you know it really lends itself to getting into the process you yeah. know like we have a test set every tuesday and so so we get really into that test set really get into to trying to trying to do well on that test set mm. um you know and i i guarantee during that set like there's there's not many people that are thinking about what they're going to be doing at the end of the season right you know like they're thinking about all right like i'm lined up next to this guy right now like let's see if i could beat him and you know i think that's at least for me that's that's the mindset i have when we when we're having these really hard practices beautiful awesome now we'll talk a little bit about your your impressive college career at berkeley mm -hmm. uh, your eight-time ncaa national champion in the 100 and 200 back and i can only imagine the confidence that you're building each year because mm -hmm. every year you, you you dominated both those events every single year what fed your motivation and in, in your confidence so you know like coming in as as a freshman I, I was good you know like I 
you know, my time from, from my senior year of, of high school would have won NCAAs as a freshman. And so I came in thinking that, you know, my expectation was, was that I was going to win the 200 back. Um, I, I didn't really think that I would win the 100 back. And where, where my confidence really came from my freshman year was, was just being really excited about being at Cal. Um, I'd done so much research in, in choosing Cal and, and looked at the progressions of swimmers. So I, I knew that the coaches were, were really talented. Mm. So I drew a lot of confidence just from being in the program, knowing that I did everything the coaches asked me to do. And, and I just thought that the results would be there as a result of that. Got it. And you know that's how that's how it transpired freshman year. As I got to sophomore year, it was a little bit more internal confidence. You know, my internal expectations rose as a result of my freshman year. And so at that point, I was looking at American records, and you know that was my expectation for myself. As I got to junior year, I knew that I was doing everything right. You know, I knew that I was eating great, sleeping great, recovering great, training hard, doing what the coaches were asking. And so that's where my confidence came from that year. And by the time I got to senior year, I was like, all right, I've, I've done it three times. I, I think I could do it again. Awesome, awesome. Now, you typically, for the most part, you sweep your backstroke events. Is that an expectation for you? And what does it feel like when, when you own both of those events? I wouldn't say it's necessarily an expectation. Um, you know, it's definitely a big goal of mine. You know, I, I hate to lose. Uh, so <laughs> you throw me in an event, I'm trying to win it, no matter, no matter what it is. Right. Even if it's breaststroke, and I suck at breaststroke. Uh, I'm still <laughs> trying to win it. So, you know, it's, it's not necessarily an expectation, more of, more of a goal that I have for myself. You know, it is, it is getting harder though. You know, as, as swimming continues to progress and the times continue to get faster, people are specializing more and more. You know, they've, in order to be in these big finals, like you've really gotta be, really gotta be focused on that event. You can't be swimming 10 events. Um, right. Like maybe it was in the eighties, nineties. Right. So, so it is getting harder and it is something that that I do pride myself on. You know, I know that I could step up and compete in the 100 and compete in the 200. And I, I do think that's, that's becoming more unique. Um, so, so it's definitely something I pride myself on and, and something I put a lot of work into. Beautiful, beautiful. Now I want to talk about um, your motivation. I know we've talked a little bit about what motivates you, but yeah. when you think about what you've done so far in your career and what you have to do on a daily basis to train, mm -hmm. what gets you out of bed every morning? Yeah, so so honestly, it's kind of you know I almost feel guilty if I don't if I don't get out of bed. Um, you know, I will see the the alarm go off at five twenty a.m. and like half the morning, I'm just like God, like why am I doing this? Um, mm -hmm. But I also know that I've woken up like thousands, maybe like tens of thousands of times at this point. No, it has to be thousands. I don't even know why tens of thousands. I don't think. I love it. I love it. Um, so it's, it's got to be thousands. But, you know, I, I know the feeling of, of coming back from practice at, at 8 a.m. And, you know, the difference between if I had slept until 8 a.m. versus me knowing that I had worked out really hard for the, for the previous two hours. It, it's just a totally different feeling. And it, it totally jumpstarts my day. You know, like I feel like groggy if I don't work out in the morning. Got it. Um, so, so getting up and swimming, knowing that 
I put a lot of effort into my craft at, at that hour. Yeah. Um, it, it does. It does end up feeling good, even if it doesn't feel great getting sure. out of bed. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah, we, uh, you and I have talked about this before. It's, it's one thing getting there, right? But when you get there, like it, you're, you, you love yourself because you're like, ah, oh. <laughs> you know, it, this is why I do it, right? Totally. It just makes it so much better. Totally. I think the part that that I like is, you know, like when you when you get to the pool at, at five fifty, you know, like everyone's like, no one's talking. You know, everyone's just like, oh, God, like, why am I here? Um, <laughs> and then as you get into the practice, you move through the first 15 minutes, people start to warm up. They start to feel good. The coaches will throw on some music, and then that helps a little bit. But but everyone starts to starts to get a little bit more competitive. You know, and by the time you hit, like, 645, people are racing, like, they're talking. Yeah. And, you know, like, by the end of practice, everyone's huffing and puffing, like, super tired. So. Yeah. It is cool also to like see the see the progression that everyone has. Got it. Got it. So this is a two-part question. When you think about your mindset going into training mm -hmm. versus your mindset going into competition, mm -hmm. what would be one word that you would can what's one word to describe your mindset going into training and then going into competition? You know, I'd say I go into training pretty calculated. And it kind of gets back to the process question. Mm -hmm. You know, like I know I know what I need to work on in practice. I know what my weaknesses are. I know where I can improve. You know, I, I know portions of my race that I really want to attack later in the season. So I'm super calculated going into practice. Um, you know, just just having those things to focus on. Um, when I go into a meet, I would say my my word would be intense slash aggressive. Mm. You know, like that's kind of the mindset I love to get into before a race. You know the way I think of it is is like Rocky Three. Yeah. Rocky Three, I have the tiger. You know, like that's the mode mm -hmm. I I want to be in before a race. So, you know, you you're not gonna get there in a split second. You know, you kind of you kind of gotta have like a slow build into that intense aggressive mindset. So, you know, at, at this point, like you know, everyone knows it. Like my my siblings, my parents, my my girlfriend, like they know that. You know, starting two days before me, like I'm I'm becoming pretty hard to talk to uh, right. because I'm, I'm kind of putting myself in that mode, whether, whether I even realize it or not, you know, like I'm, I'm getting to a place where, you know, like I, I know I could push myself to the limit. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. You talk about being aggressive. You talk about the intensity. Now, just watching you many times watching you on TV, mm -hmm. you seem very, very reserved, calm, grounded mm -hmm. but what people don't know behind this calm cool exterior you're just you're like full of aggression and intensity totally yeah i mean i think it's just for me like that's that's just what i need that's just what i need to to be able to push myself to the absolute limit mm. you know like i can't go into a race like all carefree and everything you know like i've trained i've trained like my entire life you know like I do care. I do care about the performance. I do care about the outcome. Yeah. And so for me, just getting to that aggressive mind state really, really helps the performance happen. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be in anyone's face. You know, like I'm not going to be like physically aggressive. Right, right. But, you know, like my, my mindset is, is, is to be ready, be ready for, for a lot of pain in, in the race. It's a, uh, right. Yeah, that's uh, 
that's just a, a personal thing for me, like <laughs> just getting there. And what are you typically like on race day? Are you are you calm? Are you nervous? Are you excited? Does it depend on on the race, right? Whether it's just uh, qualifying versus the Olympics, right? Does that, does that come into play as well? Totally. It's different every time. You know, like there are times when when I'm nervous, of course. Um, there's times where I'm I'm super calm, like I kind of know where I'm at, know what I'm gonna go, where, where I'm just so confident going into a race, and, and so like there's yeah total total variability, depending depending on the situation, depending on the meet, and you know that I find the challenge is is getting to your getting yourself to a point where you're ready for for a peak performance, no matter what the situation is. Right. Right. Pressure. I can only imagine how many times you've had to deal with it. Mm-hmm. But is is pressure something that you enjoy? Do you embrace pressure? I love it. Yeah, it's a. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I almost think I need pressure to to get the most out of myself. You know, like you need a little bit of pressure to get the adrenaline going. And um, you know, at this point in my career, I feel like I, I've dealt with it pretty well so far, and I feel like I know. I know what I need to turn to when there's when there's pressure. So, like I'll give a story at, at the at the 2016 Olympics, we had super late finals and, and prelims. Like I think our prelims were like 2 p.m. Our finals were at like, I mean I think they were like 10 p.m. maybe midnight. Wow. And so like way later than than anyone any other sport. Um, so so in order for us to get a lot of sleep, they threw us at the top of the dorms. So we're on like floor 22 of, of the, uh, of the dorms in the village. And it's like the wind was howling up there. Like there were some nights where the wind was going and it was, it was really loud. Mm. And like everyone was complaining. They're like, man, like I hate this wind. Like I can't sleep. And like, I got to the point where I'm like, all right, like who, who really cares about the wind? Like I, I can sleep through anything. So, so like my, my process was like, all right, okay before the hunter back, I'm like, man, I hope the wind is, is howling tonight, you know, because I know I can deal with that, you know, maybe better than, than some other people can. Um, you know, it just, it just adds another, you know, that just adds another obstacle in the way. Mm. And I feel like I'm pretty good at, you know, taking, taking the obstacles as they come, you know, kind of, kind of like rolling with it. Um, you know, and not just being like totally dead set on, on what I want to happen. Got it. Um, and so, yeah, it turned out the wind was howling that night. <laughs> I woke up with a, with a smile on my face, and I don't think many of the other people racing that night woke up with a smile on their face. Wow. You know, I love about Bruce Lee is he talks about situations like that. He talks about, you know, flow like water or bend like bamboo. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you said earlier, you just you flow with it and just move with it. Because yeah. if you fight it, that's when stress comes and then more stress is self-doubt there's all these other things that will come up for an, an athlete but if the way you handle it um is actually pretty cool it's awesome yeah yeah i mean yeah, i don't know it's just it kind of gets back into that aggressive aggressive mindset you know yeah. like you never know like you could in, in the the case of rocky three like you know you could get you could get a cut under your eye in, in the first round and you're seeing with one eye yeah you know, like how like how, how do you deal with that? So, you know, like I, I totally love stuff like that, you know, like stuff popping up on the fly and figuring out like, all right, like, like how are we going to deal with this? And, 
you know, like, I don't know, I, I love the, that, that challenge in yeah, sport. For sure. And, and I can only imagine when those things come up, you know, you talked about Rocky three and, and, mm-hmm. and Survivor and the, the music. It's those moments sometimes where you, you, you listen to your own soundtrack. You know, mm-hmm. what is what is that song that kind of gets you through, you know, a tough situation? Because it seems like every time Rocky was getting his butt kicked, the music would kick on mm-hmm. and he'd come back, right? It's a comeback song. Exactly. And, you know, every time he was uh, he was going through one of those training montages, they had some some sick music going, too. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily have a song. It's just kind of like depends what I'm into at the moment. Yeah. You know, like I just know if I if I'm feeling nervous or anxious like i'll throw on some some punk rock or something mm-hmm. um if you know if i'm feeling like i i need if i need a little bit more like i i don't feel like my energy is quite there i'll throw on some some house or rap um yeah so so i don't know i just it the the music choice kind of kind of just depends what's what's cool at the moment for me for sure you know, obviously that's one one thing or one tool, if you will, that can kind of keep you fo- focused and motivated. Mm-hmm. But out of curiosity, as far as your self-talk, what are some of the things or affirmations? What are some of the things that you say to yourself either up before you, right before you compete or while you're, while you're competing? That's a good question. You know, again, that, that's kind of something that's, that's in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, before a race, I do like to I do like to look around in the ready room. You know, like I I love to have my headphones on and you know like just kind of like control that that sense. You know, and and with my sight, I I can look around at the people and you can almost tell by by the look on people's faces how they're feeling before a race. And so like honestly, in my head, I'm almost like talking crap on my opponents right before my race. Mm. You know, like looking at them, I'm like all right, like. He he looks pretty nervous, and right. you know, that's something that that does give me a little bit of confidence yeah. going into a race. You know, like in during a race, I'm I'm not I'm not thinking too much. Uh, like I'm not I'm not saying too much in my head. I kind of just have like empty. Yeah, well, I kind of just have like two or three cues. Mm. You know, like my races are long enough that you need a race strategy. So. You know, like I need to make sure that that I remember my race strategy. Yeah, um, sure. So, so I just have like two or three cues um, throughout the race that that I really want to nail. Um, and then I also like to look around during the race. You know, like I love to look around and like see someone in the lane right next to me going really fast. You know, right. that's that's what helps me reach my potential. For sure. Um, and, and so I, I do like to look around and you know, really get the the competitive juice is flying the, mm. the last 50 and you know as you get to the last 25 you're like please wall come a little bit faster you know and <laughs> right, so, so that's kind of like my my thought process throughout right. the race i, I want to touch on the on your race strategy but but before mm-hmm. we go there not too long ago i had uh, susan francia who was uh, on the the olympic she won several golds mm-hmm. um, for rowing and you can only imagine she's, I don't know, six one, six two, right? And I'd asked her like, when you know, before you compete, do you ever like walk and like kind of size people up, or mm-hmm. is there this confidence that you kind of exude? And she goes, and she like stopped me. She goes, oh yeah. She's like, listen, I- I'm on the the USA team, and just alone wearing those those letters on my back, I feel confident. And and then secondly, I know they're scared. 
And so I'm not being cocky, I'm being confident. And I just, by walking by them, I feel like I'm affecting them. And so, and it was really great how she talked about the difference from be between confidence and being cocky. Totally. Yeah, I mean, I think kind of my, you know, like my experience with, with, with that same type of situation is, like I remember the first time we walked into to the pool in Rio um, in 2016, and you know we were walking behind our captains. Our captains were on the men's side, Nathan Adrian, Anthony Irvin, and, and Michael Phelps. So like you walk into a pool, and like I was I was standing right next to Michael Phelps. So like you stand into a pool, it doesn't matter who the person is. Like you could be a coach, a swimmer, um, just people working at the meet, officials. Everyone stops what they're doing to, to, to watch Team USA walk in and, and to look at Michael Phelps. Right. And you know that, that's a, something that I also drew a ton of confidence from. I'm like, these people, like, we didn't do anything. All we did was walk by and we affected their process. Mm. <laughs> you know, and, and so for me, that just gives me so much confidence. I'm like, why are they so worried about what we're doing? Right. Um, mm. And so, so I love, yeah, I totally love that aspect. I love it too. Just a, it's the competitive nature, right? The competitive spirit. I love yeah. it. You talked about your race strategy, and I can only imagine you know remembering it and seeing it through is very important. Mm -hmm. But how much do you visualize your whole race strategy? Yeah, so I I really don't I really don't visualize too much. You know, like as you know, like as I'm going throughout the season, you know, like I've I've thought about it so much. You know, like I've done it in practice and like. You know, like I know exactly what the body position feels like, what the tempo feels like, you know, what it feels like to make a move, what it feels like to have the underwaters clicking. And so, so I kind of just focus on, on those things, you know, like I could, I could sit up in my chair and like mimic my body position in the water. And so it's, you know, I'm more focusing on things like that. Um, and you know, like b before a race, you know, like putting myself in the, in the same body position I want to be in the water. Um, little things like that is is more of the thing I focus on than visualization. For sure, for sure. Okay. Now, now I want to get into the the whole Olympic experience. Mm -hmm. But I definitely, by doing that, I don't want to sidestep 2012, mm -hmm. where obviously it was your first time qualifying and you didn't qualify in advance. Mm -hmm. So how did that? How did you feel when you didn't qualify? And what were the things that motivated you to to do what you did in, in 2016? Yeah, yeah. So so to talk about 2012, I feel like I have to go back to a, to a meeting I had with my head coach, my high school coach, in in probably September of 2011. So so I remember sitting down with with Sergio, and you know he he had this entire plan in front of him. You know he had like five six sheets of paper in front of him. And he was like, he's like, Ryan, you know, like, I really want you to, to take this year seriously because I think you have a shot to make the Olympic team. And, you know, at that point I was probably about, I wasn't even on the national team in the U S so, so I wasn't even top six in, in either the hundred or 200 back. Mm. So I, I left that meeting and I'm like, you know, I'm like, Sergio is just full of crap. You know, like there's, there's no chance of making the Olympic team. But you know, like as we moved throughout the season, you know, Sergio kept on planting that the that idea in my head. You know, I, I continued to do all the right things throughout the season, and 
you know, I, I, I walked into Olympic trials thinking that I did have a shot. You know, I didn't necessarily think I was one of the top two swimmers in either of my events, but I walked in there and I was like, you know, if someone's having a terrible meet, I could be on this Olympic team. So, so that was kind of my, my thought process walking in and, you know, as, as the meet started, the, the first race was, was the hundred back, um, hundred back went great. I dropped two seconds. Wow. And so, you know, I went from, from being seated, I think outside of the top 20 to, to getting sixth in that race. Wow. So that was, that was a big one for me. And then, you know, the next race was the 200 back and that was kind of, that was my best event. You know, if I was going to make the Olympic team, it was going to be in the 200 back. Right. So, you know, like I moved through prelims, I moved through semis. I was third after both of them. So, so I go into the final and I'm like, I'm like, look, like Brian Knox, the entire query are good. But, you know, if they slip on this start, like I'm, I'm there, <laughs> you know? And so that was kind of my thought process going in and, you know, it, it's crazy that I remember that thought so, right. so well, you know, like we, I, I just kept on thinking it throughout throughout the two days of, of that race. And so so by the time I got up to I got up to the final, like I felt exhausted. You know, like mm. I thought about it so much. Yeah. And you know, I, I didn't perform as well as I wanted to in the final. And yeah, you know, I think that was that was due to the mental side. Um, you know, given how my given how my, my hunter back was, and you know, this, this story sounds exactly the same as 2015. <laughs> now, that I'm, now that I'm saying it again, but given how my hunter back was, my, my tuner should have been a lot better. You know, like I, I left that meet with, with a lot of great experience. You know, like I knew what it, what it was like to take an Olympic year super seriously. Yeah. And you know, that, was, that was really important for me going to 2016. I knew what the pressure felt like, mm. you know, because I, I got to the point where I was expecting that out of myself um, by the time I got to 2012. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm really glad that, that Sergio approached that year with me the way he did. Um, you know, I think it made a huge impact on, on my 2016. That's awesome. And it's, it's awesome when you have good coaches around you that, that guide you in the right <clears throat> direction. Yeah, mm -hmm. Beautiful. Now you brought up Ryan Lochte. Yep. How did it feel when you broke his 100, 200 back record? Yeah, it's, it's cool. You know, Ryan, Ryan's a guy that I've known since I was 10 about, you know, I grew up in, in Jacksonville, Florida, and he was, he was at school in Gainesville, Florida. So, so I'd see him at the, at the little Florida senior champ meets. And, you know, what I, what I really appreciate about, about Ryan is that he always gave me a time of day. Awesome. You know, like when I, I remember the first time I was next to him, I was, I think I was 13, I was 13 years old. Um, and we were next to each other in a prelims 200 back. And obviously I'm super nervous. Like this is coming off of 2008 uh, Olympics. Ryan Lockley won the 200 back at the 2008 Olympics. Wow. And here I am, I'm swimming next to him in prelims. Um, so, so I was freaking out. And you know, he, he came up to me before the race and he was like, you know, I'm gonna take this race out pretty slow. So. You know, I, I hope you were there at the hundred, and so sure enough, he he let me beat him to the hundred. Wow! Um, and then obviously he just totally torched me after that. But <laughs> um, you know, just just him like doing something as small as that to to make a thirteen year old feel good, and like yeah. for my parents to get all these real cool pictures of me being Ryan Lochte. <laughs> um, you know, he's 
he's a he's a really nice guy and at his core uh you know he's he's been uh he's been a a great a great person towards me so Beautiful. you know it was it's it's really cool to to, to fo- kind of follow in his footsteps yeah. with the uh, with the 100 and 200 back records that's awesome that's awesome now <clears throat> me being a you know quarterback or played quarterback for many years there's nothing like throwing a touchdown i mean especially if it's game winning but mm-hmm. there's nothing like it what is it like when you're breaking records, getting medals? Like, what's I mean? I don't even know if you can actually articulate the the feeling, but what what is it like? Yeah, it, it is. Uh, I mean, it is a crazy feeling. You know, like I remember going through the the hundred back at the Olympics, and you know, like as I was growing up, my dream was always to win an Olympic gold medal. So you know, like I remember, you know, I remember the last twenty five. You know, like you have no idea where you are when you're swimming backstroke. You're on your back looking up. So <laughs> all you see is splashes around you and you have no idea where it's coming from. Um, so, so I hit the wall and, you know, I touch, I see a one by my name and it's it's just such a weird feeling. You know, like you you have a little bit, you know, obviously a lot of excitement that, that you just won, won at the Olympics. Um, but, but given like how much, how much work how much you had thought about that goal, like how much you enjoyed thinking about that goal. You yeah. know, there, there is a little bit of like, like, whoa, like there's a little bit of like sadness. Like, like what do I do now? Right. So, so I remember when I finished, I had all these, all these emotions going on. Um, you know, I didn't really know like, you know, how to feel. So I'm walking over to the, you know, right after the race, they take you to, to the NBC interview area. And you know, I think our broadcast was probably about a minute, or, or our live event was probably about like a minute or two ahead of what what NBC was seeing. Mm-hmm. So, so they had about eight monitors with different angles of the race. And, and on one of the monitors, they had my parents. You know, they, they had a camera on my parents for the entire race. And so, you know, when I got over there, they were showing the finish and like showing my, my parents' reaction to the finish. Wow. So. Yeah, you know, that's what kind of that's what kind of brought it brought it gave it meaning yeah. to me. You know, being able to see their reaction, see see their joy. You know, it, it really it was really awesome for me to see that yeah. in in that moment. For sure. Well, I mean, you won gold medal, uh, three gold medals, the 100 and 200 meter backstroke, and also the four by 100 medley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously, you just talked about what it feels like to to win medals and to break records. Mm-hmm. But when you're sitting on the podium, besides winning the World Series, NBA Finals, Super Bowl, World Series, all that, you're like, this is the epic, mm-hmm. like, gold medal, right? And I don't want to play that up, but at the end of the day, I mean, that's what it is. Everyone's striving for this gold medal. You're sitting on top of the podium, and the national anthem comes on. Mm-hmm. Walk me through that experience. Yeah, I mean, it, in that moment, you know, it's, it's a little bit different for each race. Um, so I remember for the hunter back, um, what I was thinking about as as a five was going up is, you know, my memories of watching other people on the podium. So like I remember, you know, like I was thinking about, you know, what Phelps looked like when he won his, his first gold in Athens or what Aaron Pierce all looked like in Athens and in, in Beijing or even what the what the women's hundred free relay looked like in two thousand, so that that's what I was thinking about during that. And you know, hopefully there are 
little kids that you know will will maybe think of me one day when when they're on top of the podium. Mm. So so that's what I was thinking about there, and the two hundred back. Um, you know, it was pretty similar. You know, it, the me was just rolling so well at that point. Um, you know, but but at both those points, you're you're still trying to keep your emotions in check. You know, because you still have another race. Yeah. So like, I'm, I'm a very methodical person. So like, after the hundred back, I'm like, all right, let's get ready for the two hundred. And so like, by the time I got to the the medal stand, like I was almost I was ready to move on from the hundred back, ready to get into the two hundred. After I got done with the two hundred, I was ready to move on and get to the, the 400 medley relay. I love it. So, so the one that I was definitely most emotional for was, was the 400 medley relay. You know, like, you know, there was a, there's about an hour break between when our relay ended and when we got the, the awards. But like, I remember after we finished that race, like that's when, that's like, that's when the tears started for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can, I pulled it together by the time we got to the, <laughs> got to the, metal stand because I'm not a super emotional guy but um, yeah I pulled it together by that point but that's that's when you could finally like take a deep breath and you're like all right like this week's this week's over and it was it was an incredible week and so right you know that that's kind of the those are the emotions for me for sure that, that are going on uh, that were going on during the during the award ceremony now was it emotional because it you were done and you've won three or was it all did it add emotion to your feeling or your experience because it's one thing to compete by yourself but when you're actually competing with a team in a medley there could be there's just more there's a different dynamic right mm-hmm. there's more camaraderie there's more energy there's more connectedness because it's not just you totally so was there more emotion because of that or is it just because you won three medals it was your last event and everything was coming to a close you know i think i think for me it was it was because the meet was was over and and it was a great meet and that's not to that's not to diminish the the 400 but the relay at all you know like the guys i was on that relay with are are absolute legends you know like cody miller did did great at the olympics nathan adrian's like like a big brother to me at this point like i've swam with him for i mean i've been at cal for for six years at this point uh nathan's been there the whole time he's been a mentor to me so you know it it was awesome being in, in a relay with him Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously Michael Phelps, like that was, that was his last race and, wow. um, you know, just seeing the emotion on his face, you know, he's the same way. Like he tries, he tries to hold it together really well throughout the meeting and then at the end he could totally like decompress. Yeah. You know, so, so being on it with him was, was also really, really cool. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, you talked to, you talked about the process of sinking in, like, most people when they wake up the next morning, you know, they're just like, Oh my gosh, I can't even I can't believe I've I've won. Yeah. Right. Can you walk me through a little bit like what what was that process like of having it sink in? Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you asked that because that's something that that I have thought a lot about. You know, like people people always ask, Has it sunk in? And like I, I never really understood what that meant. It's like, has it sunk in? Like like sure, yeah, I wanna I want a gold medal. Like I know I want a gold medal. You know, like yeah, it's sunk in. Um, but you know, like as as you move as you move through the months, like years after the race, you know, I, I feel like what like to me, what does it mean when it's sunk in? Is when you could talk about the accomplishment without without having any you know any kind of emotional reaction to it. Mm. You know, like for me, like for a couple of months after, like I. 
I would talk about winning a gold medal and like my heart rate would start going up. You know, like I, I still have so much, so much excitement yeah. about it. And that's not to say I'm not still excited about it, but like, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward, you know, like I'm not, I'm not trying to, to continue to look back on, on the 2016 Olympics. Right. Um, and, you know, I think as, as you, you know, tie a ribbon on your career, then you can look back at it on its entirety and like have that same level of excitement that I did in the month after. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like, I think for me at this point, like I've got to keep on looking forward. So, so I knew that I was totally motivated and, and totally had new goals when, when I could talk about the Olympics without, you know, without having any type of crazy emotions with mm -hmm. it. So, so for me, that's what, that's what it means to, for an accomplishment to sink in. Got it. Got it. Got it. So when you think about your career, like what is the end goal of your swimming career? Yeah, that, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think it's, it's always evolving and you know, I, I don't like to think about the end of my swimming career. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I really like to take things quad by quad. So, so right now I'm looking through 2020 and, and what is that going to look like? You know, I had a, I know 2020, I, I want to be the best, you know, I feel totally comfortable throwing that out there. You know, like, I, I want to, I want to be the best in 2020. Um, beyond that, like, we'll, we'll see, we'll see uh, you know, like if after 2020, I want to keep on rolling, then I'll keep on rolling and, and try to be the best then. Um, but you know, like I, it's, it's a lot less daunting to think about, all right, I got two really hard years of work as opposed to I got six really hard years of work or maybe even 10 right. really hard years of work. So, so for me, I need to, I need to segment it. So, you know, I don't, you know, I don't have any major career goals per se, but I do have quadrennial goals. Mm. You know what I love about, uh, cause you, you are very methodical yeah. and the fact that you, you don't get too far ahead of yourself, you allow yourself to be very present yeah um what you want to get and so instead of looking at four six years you're looking at two right now mm -hmm. and i can only imagine how exciting that is that just to to see your goal train every day because uh, you've already you've been at the olympics so you kind of know mm -hmm. um, but i can only imagine there's there's probably some different types of pressure that you're probably experiencing going into this totally totally i mean is there pressure to repeat you know these are all things that come they come from the outside, you know, like when I went to my first Olympics, I was also amateur. So like, are there financial implications? Like, sure. But they're a couple years down the road, you know, mm -hmm. like 2020, the, the financial implications are, are immediate. Um, is there media pressure to, to repeat? Is there, are there sponsors that, that have bet on you? Um, so yeah, the pressure and you know, as I said earlier, the, the noise is just continues to increase. Right, right. Um, and so, yeah, that, that is that's the challenge moving forward to, to 2020. How do I, how do I manage all that noise, and you know, just keep it focused on what I'm good at. Yeah. Keep it focused on the racing. So, you know, as yeah, as I move towards 2020, that's that's definitely something I might put a lot of a lot of thought towards uh, towards dealing with. Awesome. Awesome. Well, when you look at uh, closing up here, uh, when you look at your whole career from the moment you started until now, what's one thing you can, when you reflect on your career, what's one thing you can, what's one thing that you've learned most about yourself? 
Yeah, that's, that is a good question. Um, you know, I would say, I would, I, yeah, it's, it's super simple, but I would honestly still, I would say determination. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think there's so many things that, that go into determination, you know, like, you know, I know if I, if I set a goal and, you know, like right now my goals are 2019 and 2020 and like 2020 is 19 months out, you know, the one thing 2020 is 19 months out. So like I, I look at, or not 19, 21 months out. Um, I look at, I look at that, like I, I know where I want to be and I know what it's going to take to be there. Mm. So, you know, just like figuring out along the way, what does it take to, to be the best? You know, and whether that's from a psychological standpoint, whether that's from a nutrition, sleep, recovery, you know, like all these, all these different things go into it. Right. And so like, how do you, you know, I figured out how, how to manage all of that. You know, like how to make sure that when I'm walking up to the Olympic final, like, you know, like I'm not paralyzed by, by nerves. Right. You know, because like you'll hear about people with their like knees buckle and like stuff like that. And it's like, like how you got to manage that. Yeah. So for me throughout my career, I've, I feel like I've learned how to manage that. I feel like, you know, learning how to, how to view things through that lens has led to a lot of self-confidence for me. Mm. So, you know, that's, you know, that's a byproduct I feel like of my, of my determination. So, yeah, I mean, the swimming has, has given me, has given me a ton and, and taught me so much. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm forever, forever grateful to the sport for, for that. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, how can my listeners follow you on social media? Yeah. So, um, you know, Instagram and Twitter, my, my handles, Ryan underscore F underscore Murphy on, on Facebook. Um, I'm in the process of, of a fan page, so All right. I'll, I'll be uh, I'll be pushing out a lot of content on that. Um, you know, probably probably be up in the, in the upcoming weeks. So yeah, be on, be on the lookout for that as well. Will that be a documenting your road to 2020? Yeah, yeah, and just you know, me me as the athlete, as the person. Uh, all of it. You know, if you wanna if you wanna get to know me a little bit better, shoot it shoot it with a like or a follow. I'm not even sure what, what Facebook it is anymore, but, um, you know, make sure you're, you're following the, the Ryan Murphy athlete page. There you go. Awesome. Well, dude, this is, uh, this is a treat, man, to, to listen, to, to get inside your, your mindset and understand your experiences as a, as a gold medalist, uh, record breaker, breaking swimmer. It's, um, it's awesome. And the fact that, you know, you're sharing your energy with my listeners and, and basically giving them another side of you is awesome. And, uh, and I love your, your humbleness and, and your competitive mindset, man. It's awesome. Thanks for being on the show. Beautiful. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Love the questions. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited, excited to get this out there. Beautiful. Beautiful.